Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Raglan. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Uh, we have a really fun guest today. Um, That's right. If you love Mean Wonderful. Girls and looking... Oh my gosh, you'll he, love him. You yeah. already do love him. Daniel right. Franzese. Yep. He's, He's awesome. Great. He's really, a really fun conversation. I yep. uh, hope you guys enjoy it. Very quick housekeeping. Uh, if you like the show, go to iTunes, leave us a review. Just click five stars and say, hey, it's a really great show. I'm really right. glad they make it. <laughs> sure thing. You can email us. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll write you back. All that good stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're also primarily listener supported. It's true. Uh, so if you want to support us, you can go to that website, www.popmyculturepodcast.com. And we've got a little donate button. And really, anything you can give helps us to keep the show going. Yep. And uh, we'll give you a shout out on a future episode Ooh. should uh, you donate. Yeah, uh, we're in the process of doing three back to back to back to back, so uh, we may. Uh, so if you've donated, uh, don't despair. You just might have to wait a few episodes to hear it. Right, but I swear we love you guys and so we'll much, and we're so thankful back to for you. our listeners. You guys are great, and also like we we don't really bring it up that often, but we're on Facebook as well. Oh, yeah, we are. Um, and you can look up Pop My Culture Podcast. Yep, and and Twitter. We say at the end of the episode, but yep. never at the beginning. It's at PMC Podcast, um, and we'll probably start up an Instagram one of these days Ooh. because it feels silly that we haven't done that yet. Yeah, that's a thing that people do. Oh, yep. and we have a great Pinterest that uh, we have some wonderful listeners that maintain. Yep, and it's Pop My Culture Podcast, and they do boards for the different episodes that are really fun because you can see how uh, like wildly we spiral <laughs> from topic to. We really go down a crazy road a <laughs> yeah. lot of the time, but that's the, you know that's what makes it fun for us is being able to talk about whatever with these guys, and I think for them too because they don't have to just constantly tell the same stories over, yeah. over and over again. So, uh, so yeah, it's good times. So thank you guys who run the Pinterest board for us. Yes, thank and you so much. Everything else. Um, well, let's uh, let's get to our guest, shall we? Okay, he's so cute. All right, here we go. Uh, our guest today, well, he's an actor you know him for things like, uh, well, Bully was one of his first things, Mean Girls, and he plays Eddie on HBO's Looking. Ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Franzese is here. That's me. How are you? I'm well. I'm happy to be here. We're very happy to have you, yeah, sir. Yeah, thanks for we're coming. All happy. Yeah. Well, I guess we're done here. Yep. Good, good podcast, <laughs> you guys. Well, we really did it. Yeah, we really cool. did. We nailed it. <laughs> What's up, Dan? That's <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Oh, my culture's only a minute and a half this week. Weird. Usually they do an hour. Kids are so short these days. Right. Though. That's true. Yeah. Kids these days. So just trying to stay on the pulse. Right. It's a viral podcast. It went viral. Uh. I guess that's what people would say. Uh, well, I want to start with this because okay. this just happened. It hasn't aired yet. They just roasted Justin Bieber. Oh, yeah. Comedy Central did. Yes, I heard. Which is... Weird to me. I mean, twenty first birthday, I guess, was the occasion. Um, (laughs) And I was seeing a lot of Twitter pictures of people like Fortune Feimster performed, and he was like wanting to take selfies with like Jillian Bell and all these comedians, which because I guess he's fans of theirs. But I just thought like this is so bizarre. Like what is going on? Well, you're supposed to like when you get roasted, it's supposed to be like your friends that know you. And it's sort of a lifetime achievement kind right. of thing. <laughs> yeah. Instead of it's like, you're 21. <laughs> and everybody doesn't like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they're not kidding right now. I mean, that's the way I think it'll probably be, right? Like, it I won't mean, feel I, funny. I, I try to stay away from those, like, you know, here are the top 10 jokes. I, like, want to see it. Yeah. I mean? Yeah. 
But um, I feel like he feels like it'll soften his image a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, everyone's like, you know, Bieber haters now. Right. Well, he did. Evidently, he apologized at the end of the special. He basically said, look, I'm sorry for my behavior. I've been terrible. Aww. I'm going to put out, I'm gonna try to put out good music and be, you'll be proud of me or whatever. So, oh, But this nice. is the internet. So I love Justin Bieber. I'm such a believer. Like, oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Me, like, tweet me if you're a believer. Follow me. <laughs> Your Twitter just, like, broke. <laughs> He's a believer? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, this I, I was playing a softball game yesterday. One of the other guys had like lost a bet and during the football season or something. Like he was last place in his fantasy pool, so he has to wear a Justin Bieber t shirt for the entire season. Like one of those like photograph like the entire oh, thing. Once again, nice. I would love that. I know, right? <laughs> really awesome. Man. I'd love to wear it all the time, especially all the time. I guess. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I guess there. You know, he did fire back and make some good jokes on it. Evidently, too. Though one thing that kind of scared me is so like I'm new to comedy, but. And I was like, no, no, don't, don't be new to it. Oh. Stay a stranger to yeah. comedy, Justin Bieber. But he's not a bad performer. I mean, like, I'm a believer. Uh, no, but that I mean, he's going places. He's really yeah. got something going on. But I, I was thinking about it this morning because it just kept showing up on like my news feed, and I thought, well, it probably won't be that bad because he's done SNL and stuff, and he's not bad, you know. And if the jokes are good enough, but 21 to be roasted. Show, right? He's doing, like, a prank thing now. Is that real? Yeah, it's, like, a real thing. And apparently he's, like, really good at it. Oh, he's uh, the new Ashton Kutcher? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Pretty much every prank involves him peeing in a bucket in a <laughs> kitchen in New York. Slapping <laughs> at Obama's <laughs> face or whatever yeah. it was. That's all he does. Remember the show. Justin You've been beeped. He pees in different buckets all over the world. Justin does this thing. Kieber. Oh, Has no. You're going to get in trouble. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get hacked. Oh, so, well. So you're Pelieber now, I guess. Pelieber. P. Lieber. Mm-hmm. I guess oh, that's what P. Lieber. It, yeah. I, I, can't, I can't argue with that. <laughs> the people that love Justin Bieber and Urination. Yeah. It's a very specific subsect of the thing. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see it. There's definitely weird people on the dais, as it's, so to speak, like Martha Stewart. And like, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She gives him advice, I guess, on like how to survive in prison because he's going to eventually go there oh, or something. Oh, that's funny. Hannibal Buress ended up doing yeah. that. And he'll probably get more of that now because, I mean, you know, blowing up after the whole... Oh, yeah. The Cosby thing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. He's getting his own show, correct? Hannibal Burris? Yeah. I would not be surprised. He's great. That just got announced, but I could be wrong. Um, So you just have to call people out. Right. You have to sniff out uh, like a rapist or whatever. drugs. (laughs) Hey, congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) The show. This is my love of Bieber. (laughs) You just got a free picture deal, honey. Number one on Twitter. His show is called Whistleblower, and all yeah, he goes in and works in like it's not like undercover boss. Oh yeah, they actually just blow a whistle every time Justin <laughs> Bieber pees in a bucket. Oh, they're blowing a lot, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, let's watch that for sure. Okay. There's other cool people on it too. Well, I don't, cool people, I don't know. Uh, Martha Stewart, Jeff Ross, Natasha Leggero, Ludacris, Snoop Dogg, Chris D'Elia, like all. It's just a weird hodgepodge of people that they brought to roast the kid it sounds like the smoke room at my birthday party <laughs> <laughs> congratulations oh, my then. Dream. <laughs> right, I didn't finish I <laughs> yeah I'll be interested to see how it shakes out because those things are always like they always go a little more for spectacle over like you're not going to see them roasting somebody that really deserves to be roasted very often on there I'm mesmerized by roasts period like especially like the old Brat Pack ones when those infomercials oh, yeah. come on and you get like three jokes at a toady field at like 4 a.m. <laughs> Like, I'm a sucker. I'll watch it every time. Just oh to see, my like, gosh. a bunch of famous people, like, laugh. Losing their shit. Yeah, yeah. that's the best part it's of the it, when they're part, cracking yeah. each other up like, so hard. It's the moment that you see humanity out of them. They're not yes. like, 
you know, they're not this glossy. Exactly. Yeah. The cardboard trees fall down and there's giggles. Right. Yeah. It's, it is fun to see like a grown man, especially just yeah, get a giggle. Into tears, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, everybody wants to see like Clooney cry or something. Yeah. Just come here. Come here. <laughs> yeah. I used to always love those commercials when they pop in at like two in the morning of Dean Martin and, and all those it's guys so just losing their minds. Or the Cal Burnett one. Like it's, oh, yeah. it, it like annoys me that I can't find Cal Burnett anywhere on TV except for like those infomercials now. Like yeah. sort of like put it on moratorium, and you can only like watch that. It's so sad. That old classic sketch in like you know three second intervals. Yeah, and, you're just gonna see her like enter with the curtains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a shame that like Carol Burnett's kind of off the beaten path nowadays. Cause she's so brilliant. She's my number one. Like, who would you want to have dinner with? <gasps> That's mine Hollywood. too. Really? Yeah, my absolute number one. Where like, are we my going? my. Let's go. <laughs> let's go to Spago. I've never been, but I heard fancy people say it. Sorry, guys. Um, she likes the Olive Garden. We're oh, gonna have to oh, deal with it. That's even better. That's <laughs> she way loves better. them breadsticks. But that's the person that I'm most afraid. Like, will pass away before I get to meet them. You know, oh. you have those people just like, yeah. They're your idols. I mean, I. Well, everybody who I would be star besides her, everyone who I would be starstruck by is already dead. <sighs> It's yeah, not yeah, a great I, place I, to be right now. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I would love to meet, you know, Jackie Gleason. Can't happen. Phil Silver, sorry. We've got to ride I, hard on Carol, okay? I, right. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that is that thing of like, you know, like, I'll slack on my acting career in a lot of ways and not like really push it or whatever. And then somebody will die that I'm like, I really would have loved to have worked with them even for a day. Like, I would have yeah. liked to have been like... I don't know, a bartender in one scene with them, like, here's yeah. your martini, and that's it. <laughs> I don't think they're making those films anymore, Cole. <laughs> here's your martini. I'm going to write it. <laughs> yeah, see? Um, like, it was hard. That, like, James Garner was the last one for me that was tough because I love, 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 love yeah. him. And, like, when he passed, I was like, God damn it. Lemon and Math out before that. Love those guys. Like, all that stuff. There have been so many. It's, it is so sad when those people that, like, shaped who you are and what you find funny and all those things when they when they're gone Tom Jolly was bummed me out hard Oh, I was super bummed out I used to uh, like when I was in college I would like back in the days where snail mail was a thing I would write letters to some like celebrities I loved and like you know the hopefully yeah, that they too. would send you back the 8x10s that were right. signed or whatever yeah. I didn't, oh so I had a ton of them and I had like a whole wall and now I just have a book which I could show you it's hilarious um, <laughs> instead I gave them away when it, oh. I wrote Dom DeLuise he was one of them he wrote back the fastest I've ever seen anybody write back. Because usually it's like six weeks have passed, four months, a year, yeah, and then something would pop up. Like you forget. Weird, I know. So yeah. excited to get that envelope. So for, for Dom DeLuise, I got like a little five by seven photo or whatever, like six days after I sent it. It was oh, so wow. fast. And he oh, signed both sides of it. Like, wow. it was crazy. I was like, oh my God, Dom DeLuise. All right. Yeah. Who knew? Double Dom DeLuise. <laughs> One of my college friends is a teacher, and she always has her students write, like, fan mail to someone. Right. Um, and it's got to be very specific. Like, she gives them a fun kind There's of essay thing, to write yeah. them. And they, the class did it for Dom DeLuise. Um, oh. And he did a whole thing back for them yeah. and, like, wrote her a whole note about what, like, she... She posted all of it, but it made the kids so, like, excited that it actually Worked. happened. Well, yeah. do you know, they did that in my elementary school on a day I was absent. Oh. Of all, of all people, oh, no. me, you know, who obviously ended up, like, an actor. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, how, like, you could imagine me at, like, nine or whatever. I was so mad. And I was oh. like, none of that's going to work. And then, of course, like, a month later when, like, you know, Sarissa Stallone and, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, oh. all these people started, like... And I was so mad that oh. it made me, like, very proactive in trying to figure out how to... Accomplish. Like, where did you get these addresses? Right. How do I get a hold of them? And my first one came from Carol Burnett. Really? Aww. Yeah. Oh. I, like, forgot about it, kind of. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it does take a long time. Yeah. And then... 
when I used to love getting the mail because uh, I would order free catalogs, you know, from Pueblo, <laughs> Colorado, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Fun kid. And I, would, <laughs> um, I and I open up the mailbox and it had the little, you know, cleaning lady like at the bloop bloop at the oh, end of the show, like in the right. Yeah, yeah. I, I freaked. I was like, no. This can't be. Like, and I opened it up, and there was a little autograph picture from Carpenter. Oh my! There's gosh. some amazing stuff because I got like a lot of them. I remember one of the weirdest ones I got was from Juliette Lewis. It was oh. a handbook on Scientology, and she signed the cover. Really? Yeah. The word really? Yeah. That's wow. I didn't really write letters except for I wrote to Joan Embry. I don't know if you guys were San Diego Zoo. San Diego Zoo. Oh, wow. Tonight Show. Yeah, she was always on the Tonight Show. And she sent a meerkat. Right. I really thought she was gonna let me live with her and help because I was going to help oh, okay. her with oh, the I animals. I would like do anything. Clean poop. Yeah, exactly. I said I would scoop it because I lived on like a farm. I was like so ready to work with some exotic animals right. and I sent this whole pitch and um, it took a long time and then a huge packet came in the mail from the San Diego Zoo and I was like oh mama's going to San Diego and um, it was just like a form. Oh, okay. But do you remember going it. to the zoo and making those like wax statues like do you know what I'm no. talking about at all? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is from, like, my, uh, specifically, like, you know, um, it was at uh, Miami, in Miami. And, uh, but I know they were at sea aquariums and places like that, too, but, like, you would put money in and pick the statue you want, and then these two molds would, like, come together. Ooh. And then wax would go through, colored <gasps> wax would go through the tubes, you'd pick the color, and then it, and then it would make, like, a little wax statue of, like, a dolphin or a lion oh, or man. whatever. I and, never got to do that. Well, I have to tell you, the scent of those things is an extreme childhood memory to me. Oh. Yeah. Like, just the scent of... It, it's, it's, is it, like, crayon, kind of? Kind of. It yeah. evokes field trips. It evokes my mom's oh. giant sub sandwiches that I got on a field trip. It's weird how, like, odors can do that. For me, it's, like, the water on the Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland, that smell. Oh, yeah, That, like, yeah, yeah. hyper-chlorinated but yet musty, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I smell that, and then, like, <laughs> that ah, I love that smell. The dank, yeah. yeah Don't know why. Dense, it's, like, love a it. really cheap plastic to me. I had, like, a Hello Kitty wallet that I loved and right. the smell of that like if I smell I guess it's kind of like vinyl now it just boom you're back or that strawberry shortcake smell the strawberry shortcake hair yeah smell yeah People scratch and sniff stickers oh yeah mm-hmm. and that awful pizza that like I'm Italian so like the, the, the pizza scratch and sniff <laughs> was 100% not pizza yeah I was like what are they passing off here and like it was some weird like you know like wannabe oregano <laughs> or like those just the scented markers you know that they had all those yeah. and like Good. some kids would do that thing where like they'd be like smell it and you get up close and they'd push and your then, face yeah. so that like, you'd have, have like, marker purple. I know yeah because that's totally. hilarious stickers going back to scratch and stuff stickers for a minute yeah those things were like childhood currency oh like, yeah like you had a sticker you were like I mean I had a sticker book because you don't even want to peel them off like once you're really into it you want to yeah. keep the sheets intact and yeah. then you can do <laughs> trades and like barter can save them I know Man, I'll tell you. Simpler times. So you guys would so you would choose Carol Burnett if you're going to yes. be able to go to dinner with anybody. Oh, I thought this was clear. Right. Who All would right. you pick? I don't know. I went to dinner a few years ago with Gene Wilder, and that oh, that's what? A good one. was crazy. That's oh, a that's good really one. Good. But I don't like. I was so scared. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Because like I yeah, like yeah. love him. We did, we did an event at Sketchfest years ago where we did. He had a book coming out. So we did a screening of Young Frankenstein, and then he did a Q&A like, conversation afterwards, and then a book signing. So while Young Frankenstein was running, he wanted to go to dinner. Oh. So me and my like co-founders and like a couple of his friends wow. went. So Total at the table, how many? Table for, hi, Gene Wilder, six. table of six. Oh, my six? God. I'll say That's six. That's great. 
Wilder time. Good ratio. Because he's like, like, to me, I mean, I don't really know. Like, I think he's like a little recluse. Like, I don't, you never yeah. see yeah. him. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. Whatever. He really is. Like, I just legitimately picture him as Willy Wonka at this point. Like, <laughs> somewhere crazy and awesome that we can't go to, you know, so. Right. Well, I was like, what did you want to order? And he's like, there's no easy way of knowing. <laughs> no, he did not. No, he would not. That would have oh been awesome. I was just going uh, to shut this shit down <laughs> right now and leave. <laughs> I was like, what do you talk Jealousy about? Is it an all-time high? No. As before, like, I even thought about it. I was like, what do you talk about with Gene Wilder? I wanted to be like, guys, what should I talk to Gene Wilder about? Put it on Twitter or something. Like, just find out, like, I don't know what to, like, how do you make yeah, small talk with like, Gene Wilder? What do you ask him? Turns out it's about the housing market in San Francisco. That was what okay. we talked about for a bit. Because he's like, here's how expensive things were there. And I was like, oh, it's ridiculous. Here's why. Or whatever. But it's also like, you're Gene Wilder. I think you can figure something okay, out. Okay, so I have a good story. So when I was filming Mean Girls, uh, one, one of the, a lot of the crew had also worked on Titanic. This is a Bill Pullman story. Okay. Ooh. When I'm going to dinner with Bill Pullman. Okay? Sweet. So, um, like, a lot of the crew had worked on Titanic, and they told me that one of the guys told me this story. One of the one of the sound guys told me this story about how, like, during the Titanic, somebody put LSD inside the clam chowder at lunch, and like it, they were filming like off in Nova Scotia, I think. Like, they were filming scenes with like the old lady on the boat and Bill Pullman, you know, that whole sequence. So all of a sudden. Uh, the, the, uh, luckily, the older woman didn't um, <laughs> eat the clam chowder. That oh. day, cause, could you imagine? Oh yeah. my but god! All of a sudden, the UPM got up at lunch and was like, "Okay, <laughs> everyone who doesn't feel good, go to this side of the room, and everyone who feels okay, go to this side of the room." So the room literally just got up, and people separated half to half. And then he was obviously tripping balls, you know. And he's like, <laughs> "He's like, okay." So slowly, people from the "I feel good" side start to trickle to the oh "I don't my feel gosh. good" oh, side. You know, and um, then so the, my friend tells me the story. He's on a gurney because there were so many people that went to the hospital that they didn't have enough room or place to put them. And there's nothing you could really do if you're tripping, you know. So right. they just sort of put them all like down a hallway like on gurneys. And he got pushed on his gurney next to Bill Pullman, who turned to him and was like, just ride it out, man. Just ride it out. And so... Here I am, like, maybe a couple years later at dinner with a group of four with Bill Pullman. And I'm like, I have to ask him. I have to ask. Yeah, more bread, please. I have to ask him. I have to. So finally, I just was like, hey, like, and he's like, totally true. <gasps> Confirmed. That's crazy. From the curse's mare. Whoa. Wait, if it's, it was Titanic, it's not Bill Pullman. It's Bill, fuck, what's his Paxton. name? Paxton. <laughs> Whoa. Paxton Let's Pullman. rewind that. But that happens. That and happens. And I'm sorry. But no, no, no. I was I, so excited to tell you no, about. I was acid like, trip. I was just thinking about. I was like, I'm picturing Bill Pullman having an acid trip, which is like very kind of subtle. Yeah. And then oh, Bill, man. sorry, Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton would be more insane. He was so rad. I just was excited because it seemed like an no. Awesome I was thinking of him. No, no. I confuse their names all the time. I think everybody yeah, does. Paxton Pullman. Yeah, Pullman. Yeah, Pullman. Pullman. Nick Nolte and oh, Gary Busey. Yeah. See, I didn't have to say it. I was just testing you. That's right. Like I for my whole life kept them confused. Both guys are. That area. Yeah. I just I, saw. I saw Run All Night. He's finally understanding nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Run All Night the other night. That uh, movie with uh, Ed Harris and Liam Neeson. It's the newest Liam Neeson like grr, movie. Right. And uh, Nick Nolte shows up in it, and he's uncredited because I guess his part was bigger, and they cut it way down. But like, it's gotten to a point now where like I can't. I can barely understand a word he says because he's got like he's got like he a big beard. Well, Gary and, Busey too. Yeah, Gary Busey too. But at least Gary Busey's a little. More, rah, rah, rah. It's kind of weird that they're in the same place, you know, because yeah. also Paxton and Pullman love them both. Yeah, they're, they're both in the they same place. They still got place. it together. Yep. You know, it's just that they're both riding in tandem on these waves. I so felt we that way slightly up. about Kevin Costner and Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford just wins all day. Yeah. Kevin Costner puts me to sleep. Yeah. I he's, don't know. he's really had a. 
not the best trajectory. I man, I, I mean, he makes a good sports movie. That that formula. Well, I guess go, that's where he loses because, me. You know, I'm Gary than Christmas. <laughs> I just don't understand. But he's done. He's done them all now. Like, there think it about it. It's like he started like <laughs> he did like baseball and like, and, like golf, golf, which is even worse. Now than like now track. Like more confronting oh, USA is like a track geez, thing. Guys. It's like he's like choosing every niche sport now. It's gonna be like a highline movie soon. I'm sure. Oh I don't gosh. know. I would watch Bieber videos all day over that. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, believers? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Hashtag believer. I was watching. Have you guys watched? Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. Um, I was there was that episode where they were like it was 1982 and Nick Nolte was the sexiest man alive. Oh yeah, 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 and yeah. I looked it up. It was true. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, a lot of that referential stuff. That I mean, they must be like, who is the? Let's look from 92 to 94, and whoever's funniest, that's the year we'll yeah, say. Yeah, it's you like. Know. Actually, I've got, a right. good one. I've got a pretty good secondhand Nolte story, and, okay. and it is this: like a buddy of mine was in a movie, like an indie film that. Nick was he start co-starred with him in it, so he was going to his his ranch to meet with him with along with the director of the film. So they got up there, and there's a series of weird things that happen. And I swear to God, I believe him, but they're all strange. So they <laughs> they get up there and they you know they they meet him whatever and they say hi or whatever and, and they had been a long drive up to wherever it was. So uh, one of them asked to be like, hey, can I use the restroom? He's like, oh yeah, sure, it's just down the it's down the hall that way. So he just walks down the hall and he sees this hole in the hallway wall like this hole okay. with a curtain over it well, and he's like I I know the end of the he's like what is that and nick's like oh, i got tired of going all the way into the master bedroom and around the corner to use the restroom so in the middle of the night one night i just took a sledgehammer and i knocked a hole so now like he can get to the restroom faster than having to like walk all the way down the hallway Whoa. into the master bedroom into the other thing so he like put popped a hole in that wall and just hung a curtain see i would have totally went webster with it i would have did like the open up the grandfather clock yeah, there you oh, go yeah you gotta I make mean, it a little more which magical. is the best part of that show whenever he used i was always like go in the clock go in the clock <laughs> it was very happy secret passage really right? does it for me not the best the clue movie like all of that oh, stuff yeah. i just want secret passages like this whole thing this whole ruse of me like wanting to be an actor and a creator is just to have enough money for secret passages. secret passages. I like hear you. Narnia, uh, the Indian in the cupboard, all anything it. where it's like you can hide and then sloop, bloop, bloop, a beast. There's all these else. like cool bars now with like you know secret pa- and those oh, always yeah. make me roll my eyes a little. Like I got, I'm not gonna it's lie. Like, like I'm always wish like, it was uh, magical. Yeah. Though, have you been to No Vacancy? Where's that? It's That's it's in Hollywood. Hollywood. No. It's like it's supposed to be like the theme of it is like kind of like a rundown old motel or hotel room. Boudoir, like right. So when you go, when you when they let you up, or whatever, you go up the hallway and you just open a door. It looks to be kind of like a seedy hotel room. Right. And then there's like this lady in lingerie sitting on the bed who goes over the house rules of the place for you. And this is great. Have a good time. She then presses a button and the that mattress. Is yeah, the mattress opens up and you get it on the staircase. It all sounds so cool, but it just it gives me like the Jekyll and Hyde cafe itchies. Like, <laughs> I, like you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like Chris Perfetti, who plays Brady Richie's new boyfriend on yep. Looking. Um, was like, I know this bar in San Francisco, I can't remember the name, but he was like, you need to come check it out. And we get there, and it's like, shoom, like the thing slides open, and it's like, who goes now? Like, yeah. what's your, what's the pass? It's gotta be Bourbon and Branch. It maybe is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. And so they were like, oh, you know, this is the password, and we're like, okay, you have to wait. And then we're all waiting outside, and we're kind of excited, it like, builds, like, excitement. And then they're like, well, you do have a reservation? And they're like, no. They're like, well, you can come to the library bar. Library bar. And then they walk you to the back, and then they open up a book, and then the shelf opens up. They walk us in the bar, and there's a door open right to outside, inside the bar. Like, you don't ah. have to go through any of that. If you oh, just my went, gosh. Like, on the other side of the building, <laughs> you just, like, walked in. Had it had been closed, had that door, had it been, like, actually, like, a place that you couldn't get into, yeah. 
I might have been, but it's like such a, you know. What are your feelings about a, the Magic Castle? I haven't been yet. Oh, I think you'd really like it because. Well, I'm 50 50 on magic. Okay. Well, you don't have to be. Just I, know that the close up rooms are great and the yeah. main stage show is usually terrible. But it's also okay. campy and fun. Have you ever been to the Madonna Inn? No, but I'm obsessed with it. Okay. I, so I've seen it a lot. It's my favorite place. And I feel like the Magic Castle is kind of like the campiness of Madonna Inn in a building. It's so silly. Yeah. But it's like you Oh, I love Kitch and Camp. Yeah, yeah, it's like really fun. And the up close magicians are amazing, but it's like there's all these little secrets around, but it doesn't feel as gimmicky because it's like you kind of believe yeah. that the people that made it weren't trying to be cool at all. Right. They were just mm-hmm. like doing it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's mm. very true. Yeah, like the Bourbon and Branch is a good bar, but like there's three bars within the bar. There's like the Wilson Wilson Detective Agency in the back, Bourbon and Branch like normal and then the library bar which you can get into anytime if you just say books oh okay but yeah yeah, the other two you have to make reservations at I don't know I don't remember that I just think that you know there's a very fine line between like the kitchen the campness of it and then just like you know cheesy yeah like like if I'm at Trader Vic's I'll spend the extra whatever to get like the monkey shaped cup that you like get to take home you know what I mean yeah but then if you try to take me to, like, you know, like, some place where I've got, like, dry ice bubbling over in yeah. a beaker and my drink, I'm, like, over it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a little extreme. Have, have you been to PDT in New York? Please don't tell. No. That one's pretty cool. It's in the village. And basically, like, it's in, like, there's a place called Criff Dog, which is, like. Oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, like, a hot dog place. You just go down a little stoop and then it's right there. But in the corner, there's a phone booth like a payphone booth you go in there and you pick up the receiver and they go yes and you go like uh stratton 7 30 oh. and then the back of the phone booth opens up hugs, right yeah i did go there it's pretty cool it was cool that i liked yeah. that was one i liked and then they opened up one here in hollywood a while but when they opened up grace papaya which i was like so yeah. stoked was coming which didn't last very long because it was the grace papaya the only purpose of it was the ruse of getting into the club whatever the club was Oh. I actually went one night and ate at Grace Papaya and then just hung out in Grace Papaya and just sat there like I was still in New York for a And then I was like watching, you know, all these like Kardashian knockoffs get into the club. I was like, okay, I can just back out now. I, I gotta got go. T- I, just, yeah. I just ate a hot dog or maybe two. I'll be I'm not gonna go into the club with like, you know, hot, like, dog, hot bread. dog bread. Right. You know, it's <laughs> like, so great. Nice to meet you. Oh, and by the way, there's a second and third part of the Nulti story. I'll do them quick. Oh. Uh, so after they, he goes to the restroom, he goes back to the kitchen, and Nick goes, you hungry? You want something to eat? And they're like, sure. He's like, oh, I want a vegetable sandwich. And they're like, the okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he goes, so then he goes out to his garden and starts just pulling up root vegetables, like radishes what? and stuff like that, and then goes back inside, like, Basically, like, rinses them under the sink really quickly, cuts them in half, and puts them in bread for a vegetable sandwich wow. for them. A, sounds delicious. B, <laughs> you must have been special. Those were growing quite some time. I know, yeah. right? It took you had, a like, while you got, to like, get a root full veggie. Nulti experience. <laughs> right. like, and then he goes, they go to his, his den or something, and then his computer's up, and there's, like, a script on the computer, and they're like, oh, what's this? And he's like, oh, I was doing some rewrites on Hulk, which he was in, but I'm sure they didn't use his rewrites or anything. <laughs> and then he proceeded to read 20 pages of script aloud to them when they're Whoa. standing behind him. the trouble of hanging out with, like, Nick. They're going to end up... You may get a veggie sandwich, but guess you're what gonna you're going to pay yeah, for? Yeah, you're going to be eating, like, dirt sandwich and listening to 20 pages of, like, a script that will never go on. Yeah. And they were, like, like looking Austin at each other. Or somebody like, 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 <laughs> and they, like, made eye contact with each other, the, my friend and the director, and, like, were trying not to laugh because it was so insane. But, like, if we laugh, Nick Nolte will probably kill us. Oh, my God. And we'll end up being fodder for his root vegetables or something. You always have to be careful the kind of friend you take with you because you always everyone's got that friend. 
Yeah. One friend that's like, I, this is just dirt sandwiches. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, everything no, goes out. just go with it, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, let's talk a little bit about looking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, well, it's wrapping up season yeah. two. Uh, the 22nd, I believe. Right. Uh, so tune into HBO or, you know, HBO Go or HBO Now. Now, H- HBO Then. HBO. Wait, is HBO Now a thing, too? That's a new thing, yeah. yeah it's like, launching on Apple TV where you don't have to have cable. You can just get your HBO Oh, that's a nice. 15 bones and you get all that HBO. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Which is so much better than adding like the fifty dollars cable package and with all the. In. I feel like such millions. a prisoner when I have to get a cable bundle. No, it's don't, just not don't okay. Get, don't even get me We're started. Hey, <laughs> so that's wrapping up. Yeah. Um, so how did you come to the project? Because you came in like season two. Really? I, you know, my 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 friend when season one had just started, my friend Lori Malkin, who's a casting director in New York, and I were. Um, hanging out um and having a stony conversation and mm-hmm. she was like uh you know you she's like do you uh um watch looking it's so good like and i was like I was, she was like why do you have that attitude and i was like because i just don't see guys like me on shows like that like when gay shows come out yeah. they never have like a guy like me you know um and she was like well why don't you be the guy on it and i was like okay if it's that mm-hmm. easy i'd be like Bing, american horror story or whatever you know? right. <laughs> like and um she was like yeah i guess you're right and she was like you know we were talking about manifesting things and i, I just was like let me look into it so I, I looked up the casting director and it was the casting director of bully who discovered oh, me wow literally nice. discovered me in a club oh, so i was gosh. like oh well you know you know who knows who knows so um i had been taking all these like like kind of model you know, bear kind of pictures because it was the 10th anniversary of Mean Girls and I knew that they were going to like pull some, you know, bullshit red carpet from like 2009 and be like, where are they now? You know? And I was like, you know, beardy now and I hadn't really had a lot of pictures with that. So I sent her those pictures and I was like, hey, if you ever need a sexy bear, she was like, you never know. And it turns out they were already kind of like conceptualizing Eddie Bear and talking and my name was already in the mix. Oh, wow. And it just seems so serendipitous. Nice. You know, um, and then all of a sudden, you know, I came out and all this other stuff started happening. So, like, my profile started going up. And I went to uh, breakfast with Andrew Haig, um, and he offered me the part right there. Oh, my gosh. And it was just great. I just did a little screen test, and, you know, then the rest is history. That but is a wonderful I, story. And I was super excited. I didn't I didn't know. She was like, you know, I want to check your availability because you're going to die when you hear what they want you to do. And I had no idea. I thought it was going to be, like, a guest star or whatever. Really? Yeah, and originally I was only supposed to be on a few episodes, but my, Frankie J. Alvarez, who's incredible on the mm-hmm. show, and, and me had really great chemistry. So, I mean, it just sort of naturally progressed into the storyline that it is. That's and, the best when you read about things that were supposed to be one episode or two episode arcs. Yeah, it was and then, five episodes. And then yeah, and then they end up like becoming like an integral part of the show. Like Michael Emerson and Lost, like that part was supposed mm-hmm. to be one episode. Um What's his face? Jonathan Banks on right. Better Call, uh, Better Call Saul slash Breaking Bad yeah. was supposed to be two episodes, and like it's amazing when that kind of stuff just they just got to well, change the course of a show. I and, think the same thing happened with Raul Castillo plays Richie. He was supposed to just come in and like you know, like you know, kind of on Sex in the City, be like yeah. someone. He, but then their chemistry also like so, which led to him like having his own storyline, his own new boyfriend, and you know, I think that that is um, really great. And I think that's one of the great things about the show, and also one of the great things about episodic television in general which I've never really done in this way I've yeah. done like a one-off guest star but to have a character that I don't even know the outcome because everything I've done plays theater what I play you know or like film um, I've and even the television I've done I've known the end yeah. I've known like the beginning middle and end and built an arc and so to be in the midst of it and then like 
every couple of weeks get like two more scripts and like fi- like I would like sh- I mean it would be on my cell phone it would, no matter where I was in a restaurant I would like bang through the script just to mm. like read what was happening next it was so exciting that's so great so I found like a new love with this kind of medium I guess and I mean your character is like the only HIV positive character on TV right now I think he was until the recent um, how to get about murder finale one of the characters found out. Um, spoiler alert! I'm not going to say it, but it's already aired <laughs> a couple weeks. Nice. You're a little late. It's your fault. They just found out because, uh, or they just did it because of you. They were like, "Oh, I mean, only who knows?" One on but TV? you know, if that's the case, then I would be really proud because yeah, I've been working awesome. with Glad and with Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation, which I'm now an ambassador for, to sort of like help um, this initiative to have Hollywood recommit to telling more stories about HIV and AIDS because. Um, it was a real popular thing, you know, um, and a hot button topic in the mid eighties, yeah. mid nineties. You know, like we all saw like a very special episode of Punky Brewster or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, someone would come to school with HIV. And, yeah. Like, what does that? And mean? it was her dog Brandon, which is yeah. really weird. Yeah. Which, I mean, so weird. Who knew? Fucking yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, So it was like uh, it was just like a you know something that we all learned. We saw the Ryan White story. We heard stories. It was like on every talk show when the yeah. talk show boom happened. And since that sort of has died down and it hasn't really been a topic, I don't think millennials have really been exposed that much mm-hmm. yeah. to the story. And, you know, um, we were seeing a steady decline in new infections every year when all those stories started coming out. And now they've risen again and have plateaued at around 500,000 new infections. Like, wow. And it just, I, we, we really believe that there's a direct correlation between the lack of representation well, in film and be. television. And, you know, that plus... There's 1.7 million people living with HIV and two people yeah. on TV telling stories about it. It's it just crazy. doesn't seem like enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree. So when, when that happened, you know, I was excited about it, you know, and it, they've gotten some flack because the, um, the promiscuous character went to, was forced by his, like, committed lover to go get tested. And the committed lover was the one who ended up being positive. So I guess the message of that storyline is being sort of uh, criticized for everyone can get AIDS, which, you know, HIV, like, so that's something that we all have already learned. Mm -hmm. But I think the stories that we've already learned have to be retold and new stories, like, you know, I think it's very groundbreaking and innovative that Looking decided to show uh, a mixed status couple. uh, Or I just did the episode of The Doctors with this doctor, Dr. Jorge, who uh, was an expert on prep, who said a magnetic couple, like a positive and negative, Uh, you know, getting together and showing us having sex and showing us being capable of falling in love. And, you know, there were things I learned that, you know, um, uh, I I still thought it was a cocktail and it was only one pill. And, you know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that I think we need to be reeducated on, reminded about and, you know, at least start a conversation. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's great. I was I didn't like I hadn't watched Looking for the begin from the beginning because I was like I don't think it's really for me you know and uh, I was watching Girls obviously uh, which is for no I'm one a girl <laughs> um, but then I started watching it's a really well written and wonderfully acted show but I think your character is so awesome so then I found fell through like a rabbit hole on the internet and so many people are responding to you. And, like, that they haven't seen themselves. Like, you're representing a whole group of people. I really knew that. Like, that's why, like, from the beginning, before they even wrote scenes, I was Mm -hmm. like, by the way, nudity, I'm down. Yeah. Because I I just knew the empowerment that something like that would have. You know, when I did Damien and Mean Girls, up until that point, we didn't really see, like, a chubby gay teen. Yeah. You know? Um, And if we did, he was made fun of or, like, you know... um, and here he was like celebrated for yep. being himself and beautiful no matter what they said mm-hmm. and all of that. And the letters over the 10 years until the anniversary is what kind of inspired me to come out because really? I was getting letters from people saying, thank you so much for making it cool to be a chubby gay teen. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like this one letter really moved me in particular where this guy was telling me that he was 
abused and like harassed and bullied in in middle school and then Mean Girls came out and when he was a freshman the popular girls were like you're like Damien you're coming with us and it became like this thing where he he knew that that movie was the thing because they were verbal about it that changed the course of his life and I was like man I wish I had something like that so here I am as an adult who I have no problem getting laid, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I know tons of other big dudes that don't. And then, you know, all these roles that I'm going uh, out, uh, out for all these nerds that are like, oh, you go out with me. And, oh, why can't I, if I only, I lost weight. Right. You know? I mean, I even think I have a line in bully where my character is like, well, I'm not going to be able to go out with her unless I lose weight. Like, you know, just constantly given those roles and yeah. given the opportunity to the point where like, I was like, I won't play fat for fat's sake, and I won't play Good. gay for gay's sake. And it left me unemployed for a long time, which is when I started, like, writing my own shit and, mm-hmm. like, really, you know, stretching my talents and just discovering new things. But I knew when I had this opportunity and that I was going to be pursued and that I was going to be sexy yeah. and that I, or play sexy and I was going to, um, you know, play someone HIV positive that wasn't stigmatized. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, yes, and more yes. Like, I can't wait to go in and do that. And I mean, I just came back from hosting, um, Texas bear roundup Mm -hmm. in Dallas. (laughs) And I mean, this was like 5,000. I mean, I don't know how many, maybe I, cause it just seemed like 5,000 bears that were like some, like some of them just like, you know, like totally like I was Marilyn Monroe or something. (laughs) And then like, you know, and then some of them were just so moved. Like one guy was just crying and he was like, I couldn't believe like one night, you know, one night he was telling me that I saw someone like me on TV for naked. Like I'd never seen that, you know, these are adult people, you know, that have never felt underrepresented. Right. And I've had so many people who are in, um, serial discordant mixed status, magnetic relationships that were, that were like, uh, thank you, because like you know, I, it's easier for me now to explain to my partner when he's having fears that this is something that all of couples like us go through, and we haven't seen ourselves either yeah. anywhere, you know. And that's really special. I mean, as a as an actor, you know, I'm a storyteller, and I want to do this type of thing because I enjoy doing doing that. But when you actually get to make a difference, it's just such an incredible yeah. gift and a bonus to be able to do that so because it's not just your work that's lasting you know yeah the, it, you know it really does affect people impact. i mean i know things that i've seen in movies have changed me yeah i think everybody feels that way and i think that's why it's that's why glad and etaf um have you know asked me to help them and i think it's really important to speak on all of this because if hollywood could just start thinking about that a little more if we just start talking about it yeah. you know even if you don't want to write in a main character have two characters have a conversation about it when they're when they're about to have sex you yeah. know it's something we all have to start doing again and just talking about it. And, you know, if you're in a committed relationship like I am, I mean, I don't take prep and mm-hmm. I don't, you know, um, even use condoms because I'm in a committed relationship. Yeah. But if you if you think that the responsibility doesn't lie on you when that's your situation, but it's still your responsibility to, like, talk to your siblings and friends mm-hmm. and, co- and coworkers and other mm-hmm. people and just keep having a conversation. Because right now we have the tools to end HIV by ni- new infections by 96%. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a ton. You know, we can take it from the hundreds of thousands to the just mere hundreds if like we use all the tools we, people don't know that because we didn't have those tools in the in the 80s and the 90s and then we stopped talking and about we stopped it. talking right. about it and now it's like hey hey wake up everybody we can like do this like you know uh, new york has this initiative right now to like eradicate the disease by 2020 
And the fact that that's even possible is so exciting. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, hopefully stories like ours and other things will sort of bring that to light, you know. Um, So I think it's so exciting the way media is changing. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast, just like, you know, we have all this on demand, all the cart, all these things. But I feel like that's all empowering viewers to feel like they do have the right to be represented, you know, because I think for a long time, it's just like a very glossy TV show that's like looks a certain way. The CW (laughs) world or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. And suddenly it's like we're seeing real bodies, real different kinds of people. And it does start conversation, especially with all these forums. Yeah. And like when I was looking into looking the kind of discussions that were going on because of the show, it was like, this is amazing that this is happening. You know, yeah, I've been out on shows where like, I mean, I went out on this one show and then I saw the casting director as uh, casting assistant randomly at a party, like a dinner party, like a week later. And he was like, you know, you were the best for the part. And mm-hmm. I was like, really? I was like, well, but we were going in a different direction, obviously. And then you look at the direction and the directions towards abs. Uh, you know, right. I, I, how many times I've heard they were going in a different direction and then it was just like a quote unquote model looking person yeah. that they went with. Like, I, and I, I can only imagine what it's like for trans actors or yeah. African American yeah. actors or women, you know, or like who, like all these different type of minority groups are underrepresented in a lot of ways in lead roles and other things, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, like Judd Apatow is getting all this flack now for doing a female Ghostbusters and he put out a tweet today saying he's just trying to make more women work. You know, yeah. like, and I think that that's such an important thing. Like, it, we live in such a crazy, unique, diverse world. Why shouldn't our media reflect that? But it doesn't as much. And yeah. I think that that's a problem. Yeah, it's weird that it, there's so much art out there that it you don't have to check off every box. That's like my whole thing is mm-hmm. like, yeah, well, this this show isn't checking off that box for you. I'm sorry, it's about this. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, just if you just deal with that, like, it doesn't have to be serving of every single thing. Yeah, and like. And that's the beauty of cable and and online and everything. There's so much opportunity now that like cable can take chances on stuff. And if like they if they if it doesn't really work on this one thing, they can like cancel it and shop it somewhere else. Like you see shows coming back on different networks or different platforms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Community going to Yahoo Screen or right, whatever. Yeah. Like there's chances for things to find life, even if it didn't really work out in the one thing. And so they have a chance to tell stories that aren't necessarily the most marketable thing. That isn't the most necessarily the thing that's yeah, going like to fit the yeah the yeah. eighteen to twenty four demo, the hot demo that we want to get whatever. Like it doesn't have to do all that. It can just be good. And then people will hopefully find it. And most of the time they are. It was interesting. I read something about Jinji Cohen talking about Orange is the New Black and saying that the character of Piper was just a Trojan Trojan horse to get you into the world because no one would let her make a TV show about uh, African-American Latino inmates. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Well, you can feel it, too, when you watch the show. That, like, the first few episodes are, like, Piper-centric and the jokes are all like, oh, well, they don't have that at Whole Foods. Like, they're, like, the whitest jokes you've ever seen. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, they don't... Like, the writers aren't interested in that either as you peel it away. And it's like, here's the cast that, you know... Well, yeah, and it's like, we're putting Jason Biggs in this, so it will hopefully have some marketability and, you know, the bros will come over from (laughs) America Pie. And then, like, as, from what I understand, as the show's, you know, moved on, like, he's not going to be in the next season. Like, they've really marginalized that character a lot because it was never that necessary. Well, and you're just seeing all these women roar on that show. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a really exciting time for media, I think. And I hope it does inspire more Agreed. conversations in every, every realm that deserves to be represented. I hadn't even thought about the HIV, like right? the lack Neither, of representation. But I didn't either. When I, it wasn't actually until halfway through the series that, um, that me and uh, Joel Goldman, the managing director of Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation, had met with GLAAD to sort of plan this. They're, they're hosting our finale party. Yeah. 
And um, he was like, you know, you're the only HIV positive character on television. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, in years. And I, I couldn't believe it's it. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And yeah. I started telling like the creators of Looking, and they were like, really? <laughs> like, I don't, it wasn't even consideration. They're very open-minded, and they were just creating this character. Yeah. And they wanted to add something and make it a little more inclusive. One person every day in San Francisco where we shoot um, finds out that they're HIV positive. So it just seemed like a very legitimate thing yeah. to add into yeah. the world of the story. But coming from that standpoint, it just seems like... Well, now we have an issue. Now we have a bigger issue here to talk about and, like, a bigger thing to discuss. So um, I'm excited that um, it, it has been impactful as yeah. much as, you know, the response online has been overwhelming. So it's Yeah, so it's great. amazing. It's amazing. Well, people should definitely tune in to the finale on the 22nd and then check it out on all the other platforms that it's available. Catch up on it. It's <laughs> never too late to start. That's the beauty of this content is right. you can just, you know, sit down for an afternoon and knock it all out if you want and be caught up. It's yeah. amazing how that works. What's hard to believe is it's been, like, what, 10-plus years now on Mean Girls which uh, I saw online that you did a thing with Peaches Christ up in San Francisco, who's right, yeah. Joshua's great. Like it's amazing that yeah, in the Castro. Meet, I mean, I've heard so much about her all these years, and then boom, it was great. Yeah, he, he was awesome. It was so much fun. That's so cool. Really cool stuff. I mean, to see a movie in the Castro in general, like with rabid fans. I mean, yeah, that is like a it's very a beautiful experience. Yeah, audience. It's like a. It's a. It's just such an incredible audience. You know, um, I'm addicted. I want to go back and do more things. Yeah, their audiences are great up there, and the caster is like beyond beautiful. It's a landmark, and thank God it's still around. You know, all the single screens close everywhere, but that one should be protected as a landmark and all I, that. I so, yeah, I definitely think so. It's too. pretty amazing. Um, so when you got Mean Girls, like that was you know obviously your your breakout role, sure. uh, and it's a great ensemble. I mean, that's what works so good yeah. about that thing is there's so many. The, the The script is really good about taking like what could have just been your standard like oh here's the gay friend here's the tomboy here's the whatever and doing that kind of stuff but it kind of stands it on its head and everybody has kind of interesting quirks and qualities and stuff like that too and it seems like the, you you had a lot of amazing moments um, in all your stuff especially I love the you go Glen Coco that kills me every every time I've seen it was there did you do a decent amount of improvisation in that at all um, I think my one big contribution is probably I want my pink shirt back that was probably oh really yeah like huh. I, I, when we were filming the scene, we had to rehearse the timing because it was a cul-de-sac and driving mm-hmm. and everything. So we had to like, that, we didn't do much rehearsal on that film, but that was something that just because of the timing of the car and the cameras, you know, we went to like a little like, you know, cone track and like sort of practice the timing out. And I wanted to be like, I want my pink shirt back, bitch. Like, that's like <laughs> <laughs> and um, Mark Waters thought it was so funny. He's like, yes, but say it twice really fast, like in jo- like George Constanza, you know. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds great. You know? Oh my so, gosh. Um, it was a collaboration, but it was definitely something. I love callbacks. That's like a big thing for me. Like, yeah. you know, um, even like uh, I mentioned Taylor Zimmerman. And when the, the Glen Coco scene, and then there was like another scene later where I was like, "Can I say like I'm going to Taylor Zimmerman's house?" And they're like, "No, maybe not." You know, but I love pulling names that yeah. are, are ran- even not just yeah. girls, but just random from somewhere. And I also like grenade jokes. You know, like I did the uh, Baby Ruth when I have the meat, so it was like a Goonies reference. Mm. Yeah, and I knew that a lot of the kids that were at the time were seeing the movie might not have seen Goonies yet, but then later on they'd be like, "That's what yes. a Mean Girl," uh-huh. and it sort of just like adds such another level yeah. to like comedy and i that's like something that i personally find joy in when i notice it in other things and grew up with so i mean those are probably you know and then like uh 
I guess, you know, when I sing Beautiful and I was listening to the track, I wasn't, I, I knew the song, but I wasn't like that familiar with it. And so they gave me the CD and I was listening to it. And the song actually opens up with Christina Aguilera saying, don't look at me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, and I was like, Tina, can I say this? And then you don't, you're not looking. And she was like, yeah, great, let's do it. You know, so those, I guess, those moments probably were like some of my like contributions. But for the most part, uh, a lot of that stuff was in there. You know, and the yeah. same thing with looking. You know, I get credited a lot of times from people on the street or whatever. For you were so funny when you, you must have been an improv writer. And I'm like, no, a lot of it is in the script. Like, you know, I, I like to make things sound like they're like, I'm going to make things sound real as an actor. Uh, right. Like, wow. Weird. Uh, like, yeah. Interesting thing to go for. Uh, uh. So I guess um, it's a big compliment when people do think that I improvise yeah. more than I do because it just means that I guess I'm Fresh doing a good job. Yeah, yeah that's you know? great. <laughs> Can you believe the, the longevity that that movie has? It feels like it's going to always be around. I mean, we were unsure while filming. I think there were times where we were like, um, you know, like we felt like we were maybe making like a Rob Schneider film or something, yeah. you know, like, yeah. or whatever. Not that those are bad, but we just couldn't tell the tone I right. think, because it is an ensemble picture. So a lot of us aren't together mm-hmm. while we're filming certain things, but I knew, I mean, I had never, never laughed at, that hard out loud when, like I did when I read that script. I it's mean, just it joke, so joke, joke, joke. Yeah. Funny. Well, Truly I was good. looking up quotes for, and I like ended up like finding the script and looked through it. And it is, I, I haven't read a script that tight in so long. And it's yeah. like, it is not dated. Like the way the rhythm is amazing, and it is just joke. It's a joke machine. Eurotrip, um, that movie, yeah, which I liked the movie a lot, but the script I loved. You know, I'm not dissing the movie at all, mm-hmm. but like that script made me crack up too. Like, I mean, at the, and they were both around the same time. Like, the, those are the two movies that I think I read that I was like, this is just like, like Mean Girls floored me. I was cracking up. There were lines that were cut that I loved too, and scenes that were different. Like, originally when I walk across the field. Uh, I had a, I was smoking a cigarette, and Katie was like, "You really shouldn't smoke." And I'm like, "It keeps me thin." <laughs> you know? I was like, "Oh my god, please!" But Mark doesn't like to put people smoking in his films, you yeah. know. So yeah. I, I appreciate that's that. good, yeah. But I missed that joke. Like, oh, that's a great that's joke. A good joke. <laughs> and then the like one of the twisted original parts of the script were that Kevin G was going to sell ecstasy and. Uh, Miss Norberry was going to take it away from him and tell him that he shouldn't be doing that and, and keep it in her desk. So when she gets called a drug pusher, they find it and then oh. she actually gets in trouble. And then we have to convince me and Janice convince uh, Kevin G to come talk at the school board to save her job, and he doesn't show up. So I pretend it's me, uh. and I'm like, you know, she saved my life. I could be listening to house music, you know, <laughs> all these kind of jokes. Like, um, but yeah, but and, and uh, at the end of the movie, it was going to have like a where are they now kind of thing, and. I was going to end up on American Idol and Simon Cowell was going to call me fat and I was going to run up and punch him in the face. Oh, oh my nice. gosh. Yeah. That would have been great. <laughs> Which would have been like a dream to be on the Idol stage. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, I'm way too old and I guess famous for that. But like I would still love to like be on Idol. It kills me. Like I still watch it, Idol. I feel like it's actually gotten better now. But yeah. like it, what kills me is you see these contestants that go up there like, I've been watching this since I was two. And I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's possible. Oh man, I, I get that all the time now. You know, they're like, like you know, especially when you meet someone hot and they're like, "Oh, I was, you know, whatever when that came out." <laughs> right? <laughs> and you're like, Good. "Oh, how old you are?" <laughs> Yikes! What's a record? I, I, I heard that word bandied around. I don't know what it means. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, well, let's do first. We do a different first question every podcast. A different first from life. Uh, what was the first time you can remember ditching school? Ah, uh, okay. So I never ditched school. All right. I never did. I was like, 
not, I was like a C student, but I still didn't leave school. I think the one time that I, I was allowed to, I skipped school in order to go be an extra in my first movie, Ooh, nice. which was The Substitute with Tom Berenger. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was crazy. So I skipped school for three days and with my mom's permission and another friend of mine, Melissa Shore, when we went down there. And we were extras in the substitute. That's a great nice. skip. Yeah. It's a good skip. You can see me pretty clearly, like maybe, you know, a little moment. Right. Did you shine? Uh, <laughs> the director actually gave me a call. He's like, good realism. <gasps> and I'm like, I'm going to make it. This business. <laughs> Funny, but, you know, Diane Venora, who played Lady Capulet in the Baz Luhrmann Romeo and Juliet, and she was in Heat, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, she was in that movie. She's the, uh, and we had a whole conversation and she was like, do you do Shakespeare? And I was like, you know, 15, 16. Right. And I was like, no, too much passion. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. She's like, well, if you don't have passion, you're not going to make it. <gasps> so she made me take Shakespeare in college just on that thing alone, yeah. which I never would have done. And I'm so glad I've done because I don't know when I, I haven't had an opportunity since. And now if I do it, I'm not afraid of it. And I know what to right. do. You're you my know? favorite 15 year old for saying <laughs> too much passion. I know, like, <laughs> such a, like, oh my God. Such an overdramatic little guy. Oh kid. my gosh. But like, um, then I did this movie later on called Stateside and it had all these incredible, like we were the young people in it, but all the adults were like Carrie Fisher and Joe Mantegna and Val oh Kilmer gosh. and Penny Marshall. And like, I was like, who's going to play this person? And they were like, Dan Venora. And I was like, Oh, <gasps> I'm like, are you kidding? So I couldn't wait for the day for her to show up on set. And I was like, will she even remember me? And she totally did. Really? And it, like jump cut to the, after the first day of shooting, we're like sitting there with like whiskeys at the bar. And she's like, I can't believe you made it. Like, Aww. and I was just like, wow. You know, so I always take the time to, you know, talk to extras and, you know, background and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Because man, like, I mean, she really inspired me. That's so. It's so a, like the extra role can be a, a rough world like especially yeah. those if you're not union it's like five dollars an hour or something and like right. i remember like the front of the first few things i did back when i lived in san francisco is i was an extra on party of five because they shot their exteriors up there everything was you know shot in la but it was supposed to take place in san francisco so they'd come up for two weeks shoot a bunch of outside stuff and then leave right, right. and like it was like a I don't know, like a 14-hour day or something ridiculous. And it was down on Christie Field, like by the Golden Gate Bridge, because it's supposed to be like a summer like beach party, which would never happen in San Francisco because it's <laughs> never never warm. Right. And uh, so like I, the, we were like in a tent with bales of hay to sit on. Like it was like the worst possible. Oh, bales of hay. Yeah, ba- bales of hay. Like, it's lunchtime. Here's a slim yeah. gym and an apple. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I remember like the last thing of the day was like the exterior shot of like of the beach party. And it was like, I don't know, 30 degrees. It was freezing. But we had to wear, like, summer clothes because, oh, like, whatever. Right, right. So we're all wearing, like, shorts and a T-shirt. Oh, that doesn't change and, when you're – like, I still do shit like that. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm, like, freezing or hot or whatever. But the principals were, like, near a bonfire, you know, at this thing. And we're, like, uh, like on the outskirt of it. So we're not even really that lit. And it's just they to wanted see to, the fire, but – Right. <laughs> but we're further, like, freezing in this beach party. We've been there for, like, 14 hours. We're not only going to torture you, but we're going to torture you. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, you know, on uh, The Substitute, there, the, one of the scenes that we did was, like, uh, the school's getting... They took the drug money and bought the school school supplies, and everyone's having a pizza party. So we were eating cold Papa John's pizza for, like, 12 hours. Yeah. And, like, oh. the directors were like, you have to eat the pizza! Because, like, after all, people were just like, we've scarfed down two slices, you know? And then, like, you're holding... Pe- like, go- 
So everyone's like, uh, and then uh, they broke for lunch, and it was Papa John's pizza. No. Oh, no. That is cruel. Uh, is so uh, cruel. That's so cruel. That's so cruel. How about you, Vanessa? What was your first time ditching school? I also didn't ditch school. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. Plus mm-hmm. for you. Plus yeah, I didn't want to do that. But one time, uh, my senior year, when I had all my credits, I ended up with a free period during yearbook because all the captions had been written. The whole thing was at print. Um, so I went to the little Italian pizza man in Prince George, Virginia, and had a calzone, and I was so stressed out the whole time because I was like oh my gosh I'm not at school right now I was just a wreck I didn't enjoy it maybe this is the wrong question for me to pick but I also never oh my gosh did school such good kids good kids do podcasts <laughs> though I do remember like when I was a senior we had an open campus so we could, you could leave if you didn't have class if you had a free period or whatever so you could come and go yeah. as you wanted and I had a set of thing up because I was way ahead on my units I didn't need a lot so I had like two free periods and then lunch so i had like a three hour break in the middle of the day like every day of my senior years forever so i was just like walk places because i could and i remember like the day that sting's 10 sumner's tales came out on cassette yeah i remember that it was a sting it was a sting album it had if if i ever lose my faith in you was on it was like anyways it came out i was excited about it because i was really into sting and the police and the whole thing and i remember walking like two miles or whatever to go to the warehouse and buy it the day it came out during Aww. my two-hour break. So I bought the cassette and took it back and then sat on the quad during lunch and listened to it for the first the time quad. on my walk-in. Did what you really life. have a quad? We had a, well, they called it that, yeah. Oh, oh see, I always wanted like yeah. a quad. I always thought high school was going to be like Greece or something. I, yeah, and I was always like, not my experience. I was like, let's go to the quad. You know, like make up things like that. And they'd be like, what are you talking about? There's no quad. It wasn't like that at all. I, I, was in, I was in the we T-Birds. Um, we, <laughs> we had jackets like, that all matched. Sang in chemistry class. Right. <laughs> Uh, that's hilarious that none of us ditched good job guys good job yeah. none of us are ditchers that's good times uh, alright let's do my questions we're gonna do a build a movie we'll do this okay. pretty quick uh, we, we build a movie together we can put anybody in it from any time period there's no budget yeah. constraints there's nothing we're gonna build in honor of Mean Girls we're gonna build the best kind of high school ugly duckling movie okay. that we can think of a la she's all that and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff okay. so uh, let's let's do that okay. Vanessa you wanna kick it off um it takes place I feel like they usually take place in California. So it will take place in San Diego. Okay. And the, uh, the, oh, the principal is played by Carol Burnett. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Boop, next. Nice. Her assistant's played by me. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> I did it. You, you, get, you made it in. <laughs> you made it I, in. Uh, I worked there too, okay? <laughs> but, um,. I am also favoring my sister, who's an ugly duckling and a very bad oh. kid in the school, and played by Heather Matarazzo. Ooh, oh, love that. nice. Love that. Uh, there's a, a wise janitor mm-hmm. who doesn't say much until like one crucial scene where he kind of sums everything up and gets through to everybody. Uh, and he's played by Paul Giamatti. Oh. Um, Willow and Jaden Smith. Oh, no. Uh, run this school. Uh, they both are baby geniuses. I guess they're not babies now, but they're both like seniors ahead of their time, and they're so tiny, and they're always like performing in the quad, and everyone's kind of jealous of their talent. And their stepmother, Melissa McCarthy, <laughs> nice, is forcing them into showbiz. Oh, but Heather Matarazzo has a hidden talent. <gasps> she can. <laughs> 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 She's an amazing pianist, but she's never taken a lesson wow. at all. 
but she just like sits down at a piano one time and the well, like in the choir room or whatever during a lunch she just like walks in there like it's next to the detention room because she got in trouble for doing something and oh. just starts kind of fiddling with it and then somebody overhears her and is like oh you got to do that um, the person that overhears her is the cutest boy in all of school that's right Channing Tatum wow he's pretty old no he's 17 alright gotcha <laughs> <laughs> and it's so cute and he tries to, he's preppy and he tries to give her a pep talk and she's like why is he even talking to me she can't believe it's happening but it's because he just finished football practice he has a little time off and like in this room in this band room it's like breakfast club like their social stigma doesn't exist so they take off their clothes because yes. the movie's directed by Larry Clough nice no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> tone just significantly changed <laughs> Very well, different I just want to see Jenning Tatum make it again. There you go. Yeah, I, I think it needs And to his football buddies are played by the Jonas Brothers. Oh, Thank nice. And Zach Efron. I'll throw them in there for Thank you. Thank you. My <laughs> darling. You're very welcome. Okay. You're very, all right, what are we, uh, we going to call this opus? What's, what's the uh, title? Well, if it is really directed by Larry Clark. Sure. Um, it's called Don't Slit Your Wrists. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great title. Thanks. And it's also, it's hopeful. Yeah, don't you know, yeah, yeah. Don't that's do a it. good message. Don't do it. Uh, beautiful. Still edgy. Actually, they're gonna come because, but the studio wants studio wants you to wants you wants you to don't slit your wrist high. Oh, uh, nice. Yes, because it's like you think yeah, it's high, yeah. but right. you think it's high. But you think it's high, right? Dude, you, see, you, that's you a move. We did it. Yeah. We really did okay. it. Beautiful. All right, Vanessa, take us home we'll with your speed questions. Speed around my questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? Both of them. Oh my god. Horrible experience. No. I like them. Yeah. But, I, but they, they came up to me in the Magnolia Bakery, and they were like, "Where do we know you from?" And I just got really noticed, and I'm like, "Both of them at once?" Well, no, it was Mary Kate, and I was oh. like, "What's your name?" And she's like, "Mary Kate," like as if you don't know. Oh of. my god. And I was, she was like, "Where do I know you from?" And it was from Mean Girls, yeah. and I had just come out, and I was like, "I don't know, maybe we met through Lindsay," and she went, <gasps> and then like walked away and whispered to her sister, and just like didn't talk to me anymore. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Damn. That's exciting. Okay, I think that they story. live in the Magnolia Bakery. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was kind of a great. I didn't think they went. It was like food was. it was like, oh my god, there's Olsen twins. Oh my god, they're walking up to me. Oh like, no, they're, you know, it's like, me. They're me. Okay. <laughs> and then nice. I ruined it. Like, <laughs> in like all in like five seconds. Uh, okay, <clears throat> IMDb trivia reveals that your favorite movie is Serial Mom. I'd like three reasons why. <laughs> um, uh, when Kathleen Turner okay. is like a big reason when you know. When he goes, oh, and uh, Matthew Lillard says, I'm so happy I could shit. And she goes, Chip, you know how I hate the brown word. <laughs> that alone. Um, it also taught me about um, exploitation films because I found out what Blood Feast was. And then I went and like started researching it. And I ended up being in the sequel of Blood Feast <gasps> in a scene opposite John Waters. Whoa. Nice. Directed by Herschel Gordon-Lewis. I feel like you manifest a lot of exciting things. Story of my life. Love um, it. And then the third reason would be when... Okay, Tracy Lords, but let's, let's skip past that. Mm-hmm. Leave no shit. <laughs> <laughs> is when they're at the flea market and just rando not a guy who's even in the movie picks up a velvet painting of Don Knotts and goes fucking Don Knotts <laughs> so those are three that's good beautiful so. I enjoy rewind um, yeah. that's a good thing <laughs> this is IMDB trivia as well you were quoted as saying and you said it on this podcast when it yeah. comes to celebrities um, anyone who it's would make awesome. you starstruck is already dead True. so if you go to heaven who plays St. Peter and who are the first two angels you meet and then who is the voice of God Oh. That's four castings. Wait, okay. St. Peter. St. Peter, Phil Silvers. Beautiful. Nice. That'll be hilarious. Two angels. Two angels will be Lucille Ball. Oh. And um, uh, we'll give it to Dom DeLuise. Oh, my gosh. And then yeah. who's the voice of God? And the voice of God would have to be Ernie Kovacs. This is a beautiful nice. lineup. That's my heaven. You're very good. 
Um, okay, and you can cast yourself on any musical on Broadway. Yes. What is it? Funny thing happened on the way of the forum. Who are you doing? Sudeless. Beautiful. That's a good That's show. my runner-up to Carol Burnett as Mel Brooks. Oh. Um, of like, I did oh. see. I saw the whole since this is your show shows writing team pretty much. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Let's yeah. have dinner. Let's have martinis. Let's I'm assuming it. you've seen my favorite year. Um, my favorite year is my favorite musical. Well, there you go. Whoa. It is. Yeah. I wanted to. I'm. I'm too old now to be any, and or too young to be anything. I want to be on that musical pretty much. Probably. You'll get there. But um, all of those songs are in my musical theater book. Aww. Nice. And this is your final question. You've angered a wizard, and you have a choice between two punishments. You can must either punctuate everything you say at least once an hour, like you have to do this, with a Mean Girls quote, or you can talk however you want to, but you always have to wear Damien's wardrobe. It's Man. tough. I know. I would probably wear Damien's wardrobe. Because, you know, he's wore a lot of layers, and I could, like, mix it up. <laughs> right. It was versatile. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> you did it. You made it Yay. all the way through. I did it, you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, people, fo- uh, watch looking, obviously. Yep. Uh, follow Daniel on Twitter. What's yes. up, Danny? Uh, what's up, Danny? That's Twitter, right. Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Reddit. What's all up, the Danny? same name? Yeah. That's a good Friendster, joke. Angel Fire, GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> but my YouTube is my, my, my tube. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go check that out. Everybody has to stumble sometime. Yeah. <laughs> also, check out uh, the Elizabeth Taylor Pediatric AIDS Foundation. Yes, which please. is uh, actually Elizabeth Taylor AIDS Foundation. Just right. Yeah. And uh, glad, like you know, if you need any more information about any of that good stuff, and we'll put links to that on our website on we will indeed. Thank you. Yeah, you thank can follow you. us on uh, Twitter as well. We're at PMC Podcast. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being here, Daniel. Yeah. Love you. Long time. Ooh. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.